This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Welcome to the Grinding Podcast. Can't do it as good as Mary. So in the last podcast that we recorded, what, a week ago? Whenever. <laughs> Been a while. <clears throat> I slept since then. That's one of Mary's famous lines. Uh, in March chapter 1, which we're still in, um, we talked about several things. Uh, we talked about the baptism of Jesus. Uh, we're going to come back to that here in just a minute. Um, we talked about uh, how God will use anybody to accomplish his will. And we talked about John the Baptist, creepy John, as the chosen calling. Uh, John's respect and reverence for Jesus. And then we talked about how um, God affirmed, he gave, he gave affirmation to Jesus. And you talked about, I don't know if you'll come back to that or not, but um, at the end of the podcast, we talked about how that affirmation sustained him through the wilderness ordeal. Um, so at the end of, of the last podcast, we started to dive into something that, I, like I said, I want to revisit it so we can dedicate uh, some more time to it. And that's when Jesus had the mountaintop experience, his baptism, the, the dove coming down out of heaven, the Father's Son giving him affirmation. This is my I mean, his, the Father's voice giving him affirmation. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. In front of all those people. Um, and then right after that mountaintop experience, right after his baptism, when he comes up out of the water, he's led into the wilderness um, by the Holy Spirit. Let me back up here to my verses. Um, verse 9, at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up, out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And once the Spirit, Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. Now, um, a lot of versions say that he was led into the wilderness. Um, and that's... Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast that that's actually where I got the name for my business. The, the Greek word there is anago. The, the Greek word for led is anago, and uh, the Strong's concordance number is, is three two one. So you put that together, anago three two one, which is the name of my business. So when when people ask me about my business, I just tell them to Google it, and when they Google it, it they can it, it automatically comes up what that word means about Jesus being led into the wilderness or being led by the Spirit, actually. Um, and so as we ended the last podcast, I threw out this question, how many times have we said, not, not us in general, but maybe you have said, no, I have, uh, but people in general ask this question, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why, why am I going through this? Why is God not stopping this? Why is God not doing something about this? Why is he allowing this to happen in my life? Um, and it's, it's a different it's different. It's a difficult concept for people to grasp, but the, the question I want to want you to answer is this: Could it be that the Spirit has brought you 
here in your life, wherever, going through this storm, this difficulty, whatever it is, is, is it possible that the Spirit has brought you here so God can do a work in you? Because one of the things we pray a lot about is, God, chip away, you know, this stuff that does not belong in my life. Because one of the things I've prayed for years and years is, is it, uh, shape and mold me into the image of Christ. Because mm -hmm. we're to strive to be like Jesus, right? That's really our whole goal. We want to be more like him each and every day. Um, but there's things, you know, kind of like what Hebrew says, the sin that so easily entangles us, it weights us down, it slows us down. And, and so um, could it be that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons why bad things happen to people. Right. Like you have God, for instance, brings us to the wilderness and that, that's the question that I want y'all to answer. Or you have, you know, there's, there's, we make bad choices sometimes. And so there's consequences to those choices. Mm -hmm. We don't like to think about that. But I mean, you know, you break the law, you, you get put in jail, you, you speed, you, you get a ticket. There's consequences. You know, and sometimes just life happens. Right. And then sometimes, you know, Satan attacks. The enemy attacks. Right. So there's there's all different kind of reasons why bad things happen to people. But people ask this question: Why is God allowing this to happen? Why does He not step in and do something about that? Um. In the in, at the end of the last podcast, you you brought out Elijah, and when you were talking about how that affirmation brought him through, because you said something about. Um, did you put it? I don't remember exactly how you put it about the silence or whatever. And it, like when God's not speaking to you or whatever it, in this moment in time, and you have to go back in time to what was the last thing he said to you. Right. The, just that the word of the Lord sustains us. Right. That is our daily bread. Um, and if you're not hearing from the Lord, I have heard it said that what was the last thing he said to you and did you do it you know if he gave you a directive did you obey um, if he gave you a warning to stay away from something did you obey um, how how have you responded to what was the last thing he said to you because in general he's probably not going to give you a whole lot more direction he didn't listen to the last thing he said. Right. <clears throat> but also that that the Lord He sustains us, sustaining all things by His powerful word. He sat down at the right hand of Majesty. Right. Mm -hmm. He sustains by His word. And whether it's Jesus being baptized and that affirmation sustaining him in the wilderness or um, he tells Moses, hey, take my people and get them out of Egypt so that they may worship me. Guess what that word was supposed to do? Launch them out and sustain them for the journey. Right. Um, right there's when we were talking about Elijah last time, you know, Elijah has this amazing experience where he's calling down fire um, on 
on Mount Carmel. He's saying, the God who is God and answers by fire, that's the one that we're going to worship. And the prophets of Baal are um, sadly dismayed when, and then killed when their God doesn't answer. And so Elijah has this great experience, but then immediately he goes to um, be persecuted or pursued even by Jezebel. Jezebel. Mm-hmm. See, you said <clears throat> so. Sustaining, you know, what was the last thing God said? To you? And it, it should sustain us. And, and you, you kept saying that. I kept hearing you say that God's word sustains us, mm-hmm. which goes back to what we've talked about in previous podcasts about we have to be people of the word. I know we've been talking a lot about this in Jesus dudes on Fridays, seven o'clock at the what's the name of that coffee? Vienna place? Coffee. Yeah, Vienna Coffee. In Maryville, come see us um, for Bible study. But um, we, you and I, have been Christians for a long, long time. You over twenty years, me longer than you, a little longer. So we get that. But a lot of people who are really not into the Word or new to the Word feel like, okay, I should be happy. God should be making me happy. I shouldn't be having to deal with, with this situation. And instead of God sustaining me, they feel like God's forgotten them. Because they feel like that, you know, I, 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 I've talked to a lot of people that, that have this attitude that nothing, like when they become a Christian, they feel like that nothing's going to, nothing bad's going to come their way anymore. And then when they do, they, they drop out because they didn't, they, they had a misunderstanding of how God works. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, you're either going into a trial, you're in the middle of a trial, or you're coming out of a trial. All the time. Guess what? That is life. And Jesus promises that in this life, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah, we're going to visit that in the podcast. Right? That word is supposed to sustain them. And who is he saying that to? The apostles. Yeah. Right? He's saying that to his closest 12. Right. That's right. So I I, I gave a quote, or I used Tony Evans, something he had said in one of his podcasts, talking about how people expect mountaintop experiences and only mountaintop experiences. But then he says, but what, get from one mountaintop to the other mountaintop, you have to go through a valley. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't want the valley experiences. We want the mountaintop experiences. But wait a minute, didn't David say something about, yea, though I walk through the valley? Valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Not, not, I, I didn't have to walk through the valley, mm-hmm. but I walked through the valley and you were with me. You directed me. You comforted me. That's that's where we really get to know the Lord. Yeah. Is in the hard times. I mean, yes, can He give us revelation and give us understanding, give us discernment about who He is without the difficult times? Of course. But how is olive oil made? It's in a press. It's got to be squeezed. Yeah, I was about how to say that how is wine made? Yeah. The grapes are crushed. 
What was the verse? Of, so I can't, is it Psalm 34? We're, we're just talking about the, the Lord is near the, the, the crushed, the brokenhearted. Mm, there's, there's several places, but I can look that one up for you. Right, but that's how we get to know who he is. You know, if it wasn't for the darkness being a contrast to the light, we wouldn't know how bright the light if yeah. it weren't a darkness to compare it to. Psalm 34, 18. Okay. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Hey, the internet's You cheated. Thing. Hey, but I did know it was in Psalm 34. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saved the crushed in spirit. So, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. But that's, a, that's how we get to know him. I've heard it said, you pray harder on an empty gas tank than you do on a full stomach. Right. Which sounds kind of comical. But how many of us have been there? You know, you're on a long stretch of highway where it doesn't look like there's any gas stations, convenience stores, petrol stations. And you're like, oh, Lord, please let me get to the next gas station. You know? Don't leave me stranded by the side of the road. You know, we pray harder in those moments than we do. Um, think about after thing, after Thanksgiving meal. And we're so spoiled in this nation, right? We eat and we have fellowship and we probably eat to excess. And then everybody's just comatose, right? right. Tur turkey coma after. <laughs> right. After. The only thing you're praying for is like, oh, Lord, send me a Tums, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a lot of, you've already mentioned a bunch of the examples I was going to give on this because um, just going back to that idea of how people expect that nothing's going to go wrong in their life. Then when it does, they kind of like just, they blame God, they get mad at God, and, and they basically cut him out of their life. And so what I want to do is just go through some examples, Old Testament and New Testament, of people who totally had faith in God, lived for God, um, and yet, guess what? They Life, went through some valleys. They went through some valleys. And so it's going in, into the Old Testament, and you already brought this up, Israel, the nation of Israel, mm -hmm. the Hebrew people, they were God's chosen people, right? They, they're called the apple of his eye. Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. They're, they are the chosen people. Um, they have difficulties. Absolutely. But they're God's chosen. Why would they have difficulties if they're God's chosen? Sometimes it was their own stiff-necked, rebellious stubbornness. But look, they, they were slaves for over 400 years. So, you they, don't have to they, be a victim. <laughs> you don't have to be a victim to that. You don't have to be a victim to that, but... They were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years, and they cried out to God. Well, why didn't God just immediately come to their cry? For over 400 years, they cried out to God before he ever answered. Delay does not mean denial. That's a good point. You know, Delay just, does not mean denial. Just because God's answers or his rescue or his deliverance seems delayed it doesn't mean that he's denying an answer right but a lot of people see it that way right yeah. so there there's 
they're, God, they're God's chosen people, the Hebrew people that started with Abraham. Giving Abraham all these promises, right? And and so they're um, in, um, they're slaves in Egypt. They're crying for 400 years. God delivers them. Um, but time and time again, we see enemies coming against them, right? Um, they're wiped off the face of the earth when Nebuchadnezzar came in from Babylon, which is goes back to what you were saying a while ago. It was their own demise because they they were a bunch of sinners. <laughs> they they didn't uh, they didn't stick with um, God's word mm -hmm. that sustains them. And God sent these prophets in to warn them over and over and over and over again, and um, they continued to just to live a life of sin. And so He let their land set desolate for seventy years. So it was because they had rejected God and His word and wanted. To, so there was the consequences of their their choices mm -hmm. and their actions. And so Nebuchadnezzar comes in and, and literally destroys the temple, destroys it, and. Burn it, what would burn, and then killed old women, old men, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, babies, mm -hmm. cousins, mom and daddies, brothers and sisters, and then some he carried back into Babylonian captivity. Right, hostages. Yeah. Sounds familiar. But this is God's chosen people, they're the apple of his eye. But now they're wiped off the face of the earth and their land is set desolate for seven years just like God said it would. Mm -hmm. So there's one example of God's own chosen people going through difficulty, right? Over and over again. You see it all through the Old Testament with the Israelites. And you brought up David. David was, to the Jews, the greatest, most respected king in Israel. Because the Messiah is going to sit on David's throne, which in Acts chapter two, when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, he you know he acknowledges that he's from the line. The what? That he's from the line. The, of David. Yeah, the line of David. <laughs> and so God said about David that he is a man after my own heart, right? David was a musician. Mm -hmm. Right? Just like all three of us. First strike against him. <laughs> <laughs> so when Saul would have a tormenting spirit, what did David do? He played. He played his heart. Mm -hmm. And it would calm uh, Saul down, right? Saul had a lot of respect for David at first. Loved David. David goes to Saul and asks if he could fight Goliath. This uncircumcised Philistine, right. right? And so he he delivers uh, Israel's army because all of even David's brothers who were fighting in the army, because David was carrying bread and cheese to see his brothers. When, that's how he got to fight a lot. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, that's when he calls him out. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Is you know going against God, and um, and so uh, David goes out when nobody else was in the army, defeats Goliath with a rock. And a slingshot, right? And faith in God. We know where that who directed that rock. And he cuts Goliath's head off. So there's victory. What did the women do when they came back into town? You remember? 
David is no, yeah, Saul is slain his thousands, David his ten thousand. Yeah. Saul has slain his thousand, David has slain his ten thousand. So that that started turning something in Saul. Jealousy, envy, hatred, mm -hmm. anger, bitterness, resentment, resentment, all this stuff. And the next thing you know, David becomes best friends with Jonathan, Saul's son. They're sitting at the table. You remember what Saul does? When he's upset. Throws an arrow. Yeah, throws he throws a spear. A spear. Yeah. <laughs> he throws a spear and sticks in the wall. It would he was trying to kill David. Mm -hmm. And so David flees for his life. And next thing you know, Saul is chasing David all around the wilderness trying to kill him. And it's not because David's done anything wrong at that point. No. He's been totally walking out the the leading of the spirit and David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Mm -hmm. He had multiple chances to kill Saul. Mm -hmm. Cut his robe off when Saul was taking crap in the cave. And he, he did nothing but good for Saul, but yet Saul tried to kill him over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But going back to what I originally said, he was the most respected and beloved king of Israel. The Messiah was coming through his uh, lineage he would sit on the throne to David and, and God said about David he is a man after my own heart did David have trouble absolutely absolutely his his, his own son tried to overthrow his government right wanting dead manipulating people against him to overthrow him he had all kinds of trouble Daniel we talked about Daniel Sunday you know authentic 322 uh, Lindsay Street, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Check us out. In Alcoa, Tennessee. <laughs> In Alcoa. Um, Daniel was one of the greatest prophets um, that, that there is. Very trustworthy. Prayed three times a day, right? Which is what got him in trouble. He loved God, but, but not sin against God. Even when they were taken to Babylonian captivity. Remember, it says he purposed in his mind, he, he purposed in his heart that he would not sin against. He wouldn't eat the king's food mm -hmm. because it was pork, I'm sure. Offered to idols. Yeah, offered to idols and things like that. Unclean. But my point in, in saying all that is his heart, he was a man after God's heart. Mm -hmm. So. But he still had trouble. But he still had trouble. He didn't do anything bad. He didn't do anything wrong. What it, it was because he uh, they made a decree because they you know against Daniel that jealousy, envy, all those feelings that Saul had. They hated him, and so they made a, a, a decree that uh, you know what was it? You can't pray or whatever, or you you had to pray to Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. Not not wasn't Nebuchadnezzar. Was it Darius? Who was the king at the time? My mom's gone blank. Yes, I think it's Darius. Trying to think of the veggie test. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, veggie tales. Um, and so, uh, and long story short, he's thrown in the in the lion's den, which he should have been devoured. But the, he basically he's the lion for a pillow. Well, and God sustained him. God sustained him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the three Hebrew friends that went that were carried in the Babylonian captivity with Daniel. They wouldn't bow down and worship the statue. 
And so what happened with them? They were taking a stand for righteousness and what what God had directed them to do. You know? And they're thrown in the fire. Right. So there are some trials that come because we're walking in obedience to God. Mm -hmm. There are some trials that come because we are walking in disobedience due to our own poor choices. There are some trials that come because of other people's choices. That's a good point. Yeah. But we will have trouble. We will have trials. We, if we keep our eyes focused on him, we will walk through those. And he will sustain us. He says, you will pass through raging waters. You will walk through dark and desolate times. But I will never leave you and I will never I will never forsake you. You know, I will sustain you in that place of wilderness. Yeah, and the other well, passage in Isaiah and when he's talking to Israel, he says, When you when you walk through the waters, I'll be there. You you will not drown. But but he says when. Right. Not, not if not if, but when. When you walk through the fire, you, know, you won't be burned. Because mm -hmm. I'll be with you. Not if, but when. I want you to do me a favor. Now, I know you listen to some good music, but I want to tell you about some great music. My friend Mary Gamboa, and she's also the worship leader at Authentic Church where I worship, she has released a new album entitled Jealous, and you can check that album out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary, G-A-M-B-O-A, music.com. Also, we would love to have you worship with us at Authentic Church at 322 Lindsay Street here in Alcoa, and we start at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Come see us. So let's come over to the New Testament and talk. I mean, there's a ton, a ton of examples we could use, but, uh, you know, right here in Mark chapter 1, John uh, the Baptist, John the Baptist, you know, the guy's out there in the wilderness looking all scraggly, dressed in his camel hair and fine linen, uh, belt, <laughs> you know, locusts hanging in his beard from where he's been chomping down on, and honey oozing down his beard. And uh, baptizing people in the dirty Jordan River. And the guy had to just reek and be nasty. But he's out there preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? He's baptizing people for the repentance of sins. All this good stuff. Um, God had had this special mission to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah, right? And what happens to John? Anything? Anything bad? <laughs> Just thrown in jail and beheaded. Yeah, he loses his head, literally. He's beheaded and it's brought out on a silver platter. Yeah. All right. Herodias' daughter, well, Herodias has her daughter right. um, ask for it. Um, then you brought up the disciples a while ago. Um, the disciples are, they're, they're, walking daily with Jesus. They're close to Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're, they, they, they're going out, preaching the kingdom. They're, they're working miracles. Um, you know, they're casting out demons. They're doing all this cool stuff. And yet, you can't get any closer to Jesus than, than they were. Mm -hmm. Anything ever, bad ever happened to the disciples? 
see. I'm pretty sure most of them were martyred. Except for who, Shelby? John. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they say that John was boiled in oil, but he didn't die from it. And that he died a natural death. But, but the others, well, the sign, you know, Judas hung himself. So, I mean, the other 11, if you include Matthias, uh, you can read about them in the, um, uh, the Book of Martyrs. But they all died like Peter. He said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like Jesus. He said, turn me upside down. Mm -hmm. And they said that he was crucified upside down. What was it in Acts chapter 8? Is that when Stephen's is stoned? In Acts chapter 8 or 7? And then you have is Acts chapter 12, verse 1, is when James, the son of thunder, because, you know, James and John, the sons of thunder, one of the Jesus' first disciples is beheaded. Peter was put in prison. He was next, but it happened to be Passover, so they had to wait a week. And that's when the angel comes along and and and, and delivers him. Um, listen to what Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verses twenty-three through twenty-eight. He says, "I have worked hard." This, you know, the Paul, the one we just finished Romans. The Paul written. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? He says, "I've worked harder." Been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39, uh, 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times, and they say he died on that when he was stoned, by the way. Right, brought back to life. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews. They chased him from city to city, mm -hmm. trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. As well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then... Besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches because he and Barnabas have done went around and started all these churches by then. And he has to go back and revisit those, those churches. But here's a guy who was a persecutor of Christians. He has the Damascus Road experience with Jesus. He's converted. Uh, he uh, goes home for three years. And then he... he does this missionary journey and starts these churches. He's preaching the kingdom of God to the Gentiles and to the Jews. He even has visions of Jesus. Jesus comes to him and talks to him. <laughs> but yet, I just read his resume of his suffering. List of trials. List of trials. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39. They couldn't do 40. The Roman law was 40. The Jews did 39 because they didn't want to go over 40. Because they break the they would be in sin if they did that. Um, and so, even though Paul was doing all this great work for Jesus and for the kingdom, mm -hmm. he suffered greatly, right? And then one last example I want to talk about real quick is God's very own God's Son, His very own Son, Jesus. Jesus was absolutely 100% perfect. He never sinned, not one time. All 
Jesus did was good for people. He showed mercy. He, over and over again, he was moved with what? Compassion. Mm-hmm. Moved with compassion. He's, I mean, you, have you seen the episode of The Chosen where, um, like the whole episode that just shows the disciples, you never see Jesus. The whole show. And the disciples are just sitting at, I think they're sitting at a the table and they're just complaining about this, complaining about that, and just, you know, going on and on. And then at the very end, Jesus has been out healing all these people and coming to him. He's like just wide, covered in blood, just gross. And he just walks by his disciples and says something about, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed or something. I'm, just, I'm worried. And they just looked at him. You know, I've never even thought about that, being like that. But it, I like where they brought that out because um, you, you see this all through the scriptures that, uh, like when, when, um, they go to Peter's house because his uh, mother-in-law has a fever mm-hmm. and, and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. Well, right after that, it talks about how people just started coming in by the, the just by the groves, I guess, of, of wanting to be healed. And they're bringing their sick, they're bringing all these lame people, they're bringing all these um, demon-filled people you know, for the demons to be cast out. They're all coming mm-hmm. to Peter's house. And so you see this over and over again with Jesus. How he, he just just moved with compassion over and over again. He's done so much for, for so many people. And he showed uh, all this agape love, this unconditional love. And we know what happens to Jesus. Right? He has to die on the cross for our sins. But the religious, the, the very people who should have been pointing people to Jesus hated him from the very get-go of his ministry. And over and over again, they would pick up stones to try to stone him. They tried to push him off a cliff at one point, right? Yeah. And um, and then they finally get their way, you know, after three years of min- doing ministry. And they, they crucified him. Right. You know, and Isaiah talked about how he was beaten so bad, you wouldn't even recognize he was a man. Which, in my opinion, I think that's why Mary didn't recognize him. And then, uh, you know, they, he's sitting there hanging on a cross for six hours trying to breathe. And then he eventually dies and he's buried. And, of course, resurrected. So, it here's Jesus. He has his mountaintop experience. He's baptized. He, his ministry starts. But immediately when he comes up out of the water and... Uh, the Holy Spirit comes down. God's voice comes down from heaven. He's led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's tempted by Satan. So why is it then, if, if God's own son has to suffer like that, what makes us think that we don't have to? Which is the question that I'll, I'll finish with in the last podcast. Why, why, do, we, why do we feel that way? Why do we feel like we're just mad at God and people just abandon God because they're angry? Because they they truly feel like they, they shouldn't have to experience that, whatever their storm is. Why do people have that attitude? It's hard to say. Matthew five forty five. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I think we we get into that victim mentality rather than the overcomer 
mentality. You know, why me, Lord, instead of why not me? Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the things that seem negative in our walk um, and allow those to turn us in, into bitterness and resentment rather than clinging clinging to the word of the Lord and saying, okay, God, you're with me in the midst of this. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Right? But what happens when a storm comes in our life, instead of drawing near to God, running to God, because he's, the, you know, the Old Testament really talks, the scripture, the Psalms talk about being a, a mighty fortress, a strong tower that we run into. And, and um, we're safe. Mm -hmm. And but yet we instead of running to we run away from we withdraw we fall back we you know God becomes instead of going when you when you get closer to a certain object it gets bigger mm -hmm. and if you're moving away from the object it gets smaller and and so when we if we would run to God he gets bigger if we would but we run away from God he gets smaller. And he's sitting there asking us the whole time, don't run away from me, come to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and get in my word. Pray. <laughs> you know, seek me. You will find me. That's what he, you know, that's that's one of his promises. So many promises in God's word, but then, but yet we doubt. And so what I, I think we need to do is kind of refocus the question the way we look at it. What which is what you you were just saying just a second ago. In Matthew 5, 45, it says it rains on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. It's raining outside. So it doesn't matter if I'm a Christian or not. If I walk outside to go get my car, I'm going to get wet. I could be covered in the blood of Jesus. My sins are washed away. I'm still going to get wet. <laughs> I could be a dirty, rotten sinner and be living the way I want to. But if I go out there right now, I'm going to get wet. It rains on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. Um... There's evil in the world because of sin. No, you know, Eve went for the fruit. Not the apple. <laughs> the fruit. We don't know that it was an apple, so people, please quit calling it an apple. But Eve, Eve went to the fruit, and she ate the fruit, right? And then she passed it on to Adam. And so because, it, and, and the fruit has nothing to do with it. The, the fruit is just an object. She disobeyed God's word. Mm -hmm. Don't be, don't eat that fruit. Well, she ate the fruit. And it, even though it seems like something insignificant, she disobeyed God, which is what sin is. This is God's will. We don't do God's will. That's sin. Mm -hmm. right. um, and so um, there's consequences of that sin. And so now evil is entering in. And, and I, I wrote in my notes that bad things happen to us because we make dumb decisions. That's how I wrote my and there are consequences that we pay for those actions, right? Um, sometimes it's the enemy wreaking havoc in our lives because he's trying to discourage. And a lot of times he fulfills his conquest, right? And, and people just get mad at God and, and quit. Um, but regardless of the reason why storms come, storms are going to come. Tattoo on my neck. It says Uchi. It comes out. It come out of a Mayan temple. 
it, it, it stands, it, it's mine for it, it shall come to pass. And over and over and over again throughout the New Testament, it says, it came to pass. It came to pass. The rain out here, it's going to come to pass. Sometime through the night, it's going to, you know, the clouds will be gone and it's going to quit raining. And then tomorrow sometime, the sun will be shining and I will have to work in the rain. And I'll be praising God for that. Hallelujah. Like I did today. Um, but storms come, like you said, well, what, how'd you put it earlier about the, the you see you're either in this part, this part, and this part. Oh, okay. Yeah, that you're either going into a storm, Yeah. you're in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. Right. So, it, it, all the time. It, it, it's one of those three all the time. But, um, what we have to realize is that we have to focus on the fact that God is with us. He's, he promises he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's always with us. Even when we don't feel like it. And what what is the the one of the footprints in the sand, that poem? Mm-hmm. And it talks about how there's only one set of footprints. And what and the person says, What's going on? Why where where did you go? I thought you were with me. And he said, Oh, I was carrying mm-hmm. I was carrying you during that part. And so God, we have to realize that God walks with us through the storms every step of the way. He's always with us. There's just tons of scriptures about God being faithful, right? Over and over again. These build worship songs. No, no, never mind. I'm not singing them. So God's faithful. We can trust God, right? And if death was to come, so you had no idea. You, you, you were at the beginning of the conference podcast you were just destroying my notes oh sorry <laughs> and didn't even realize it <laughs> sorry about that. you were slaying it mm-hmm. i was like come on yeah but that's what's funny she didn't even have my notes print out your email <laughs> but if death was the, it come i mean it, it, i mean that's the worst thing that could happen to us right mm-hmm. death which is separation you know uh, um so if death comes then we could be like David and we could say Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. This is the New Living Translation. He guides me along right paths bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley or the shadow of death what you said earlier, I, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and, and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is a man who uh, was being chased by Saul. Who uh, was being chased by his own son. Who had uh, uh, an affair with Bathsheba, mm-hmm. one of his best warriors in his army, and then he has him put on the front line and killed, right. which is strange because God says he's a man after my own heart. But he says, God, God's been with me the whole time. Even though I'm going through all, I mean, you, when you read the book of Psalms, um, you, you, you hear him crying out to God. And he, he, he does get real with God. He's like, where are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Where are you? 
Uh, you're with me, you know. And then he realizes before that song's over, he's like, "Oh yeah, you you are with me." Yeah. Over and over again. So. So at once the spirit back to verse twelve. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. But he wasn't alone, and neither are we when we walk through times of testing, times of being tempted, times that seem like it's wilderness, right? Um, and she and I were talking about angels attended him. What'd that look like? I wonder, you know. Yeah, physically there. Right, was that like he could see and experience them in the natural realm? Or were they like the ravens that brought food for Elijah, mm -hmm. you know? Um, were they sustaining him at that point? Um, if they attended him, what did that look like? Yeah. And I don't know that we'll, we'll know, but it's just an interesting, interesting thing to thought, think yeah. about. Well, so here's the deal. We don't have to understand it and most likely we probably won't never understand it while we're having to go through circumstances hard times storms um and and that's the problem we have with with us as people is we think we have to understand everything we got to figure it out especially men we, we want to we got to we want to know why this is happening we want to know how you know what's going on with this and how can i fix it and there's just some things that we don't understand. There's just some things that we got to realize we can't fix. Um, but what we do have to realize is that, you know, um, that we, ha we have to put our trust in God, that he's with us. He's walking with us. He's, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He, he, he's with us through the storm, after the storm, you know, during the storm, whatever. He's always with us. He's, uh, we, have, we walk with him on a daily basis. We, uh, we walk with him through the storm. Because we know it's going to come to pass, right? Sooner or later, the storm is going to come to pass and the sun will shine again. And like I said, what if it takes our life? I used to have a, uh, when I was going to Assembly of God, my, when I first started playing drums, when I was younger, much younger, uh, he would say, don't, my, our, pre, our preacher, he'd say, don't threaten me with heaven. You know, talking about people, you know, dying or whatever. He's like, don't threaten me with heaven. Um, and so we have to accept the fact that in this world, like you said, well, we're going to have trouble. So you didn't know I was going to read this passage either. But this is what we're going to end with. John 16, 16 through 33. And it's Jesus talking to his disciples. Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And at this, they're freaking out. They don't understand it. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, what, what does he mean by saying, in a little while, you'll see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. So they kept asking, what, is, what does this mean, a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. And Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you'll see me? Um, Very truly, I'll, I'll tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, 
She forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, the time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but I will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I, I am not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and I have believed that I came and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. And Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly, because the rain is gone. I'm just kidding. Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. And then Jesus says, do you believe or do you now believe a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. And you know, they were scattered and he was on the cross, right? Mm -hmm. They will never deny you. Not, they all, not, Peter said that, but they all agreed. Mm -hmm. All of them. And, uh, and here's Jesus saying, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone which is what you were saying a while ago. It's what Michael Jackson says, too. You are not alone. I am here with you. Okay. Yeah, you are not alone. Uh, I am not alone. My Father is with me. I have told you these things, Jesus tells his disciples, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, which is what you were saying earlier. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so Jesus is telling his disciples, you're, 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 you've had it made for the past three years, but your life's just going to be pretty rough. And boy, was it ever. And so I'm going to ask you to pray for the, um, the people who are going through trials and storms and things like that. But before you pray, if we can pray for you for anything. You know, email us at thegroundedpodcast.gmail.com or you can send a text to this phone number that is just strictly for this podcast is 865-418-2824. 865-418-2824. And if you'll send us your prayer request, whatever you're going through, whatever we can pray for you, however we can encourage you, uh, just like I said, just email us at podcast at gmail.com or send a text 865-418-2824 and we would love to help you and encourage you in any way we can and let you know that you are not alone. We are here with you. <laughs> Will you pray for these beautiful people? Father, thank you that by the times in the wilderness, we get to know you. We, we come to realize how faithful you are to sustain us in the wilderness. But your word also says, who is this coming up from the desert, up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Lord, in those times of testing, in those times of trial, in the times of temptation, may we lean on you 
may we remember your word that's um, been planted in us and may that sustain us and keep us strong Lord we ask for you to lift those up that are in the ash heap those who feel like they are being tread on in the wine press that there seems to be unrelenting problems and trouble in their lives Lord Jesus you said they would have trouble but that we could take heart because you've overcome the world so thank you that you call us overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony thank you that you say we are victorious that we are the head and not the tail above only and not beneath you said that we are victorious so we stand in that truth right now thank you that you've not left left us alone you've not left us as orphans but you are with us so those who feel like they're alone and uh, left isolated in the wilderness i pray that your uh, spirit would just blanket them would wrap around them like a cloak that they would feel your nearness and that that would be for their good sustain us strengthen us keep our eyes fixed on you we ask for it all in jesus name amen don't give up don't quit but keep grinding keep grinding Thanks for listening to The Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share The Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.